What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shona71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. That purple bling bling, y'all. And your auditory canals are locked into episode 181 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And of course, I am not in the digital studio alone, as always. Got my partners in crime first on deck. It's Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just happy to be here, as always, talking to you fine folks um, and you fine folks uh, on you know in, in my ears right now. Um, uh, talking about games um we love him we play them and uh they're not going anywhere <laughs> neither are we so uh so yeah it's happy to be here thank you everyone for for tuning in as always all right all right and of course our show is a no-go without trader joe aka the food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar and also known as jabroni chief which I yeah yeah <laughs> Jabroninator. Yes. Uh, everything's good, man. Uh, glad to be back. You know, on a good proper gaming podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Was that uh, a shots speak... fired statement? No, no, there's no shots fired. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just defining that I'm on a gaming podcast uh, that is preferable. That's, uh, you know, mm. I'm in, I'm in, mm. I'm in my comfort zone. You know, so. Mm. <laughs> I ain't so, saying nothing. Uh, I ain't talk about no movies, no TV shows, uh, uh, no Big Brother, no nothing. I'm here to talk well, we about are games. Gonna, you have yeah, must well, not have looked at the outline because we will be talking about that. So yeah, oh. I, I figured you you you'd wanted a a, a little dash of uh, GH oh. Radio. Primarily, primarily, primarily because my gaming list is only one game. So speaking of games, uh, we're going to start with our what is always our first topic on our docket, that being the playlist. All right, Jabroni Chief, why don't you kick things off, man? What you been playing? Uh, not too, too much these last like couple of weeks. It's like a, been more of a point of still setting up equipment kind of thing. You know, OLED and the Dan is all ready to roll. I've got my rebate from uh, Capital One Shopping. So I got like a 240 bucks and GameStop credit to roll with. So I got happy with that. Um, living room OLED is uh, baby steps. Got my uh, PS5 hooked up in there. Got my stereo surround sound sound bar hooked up and ready to go and got my tv calibrated in there for at least ps5 content i'm kind of using uh hd tv tests uh vincent toes like kind of guidelines and kind of tweaking things from there on that so i actually sat down to play a game in the living room for the first time last night I actually it was just like you know just testing out doing some astros playroom which i have been playing off and on i did beat that game Oh, congratulations! Uh, quite quite pleasurable. Um, be sure you be sure you post your credits. We'll do. I'll have to see as far as if I can get to roll those credits because I, I think there might have been a like trophy screenshot possibly 
that was taken. I should have like you know busted out the phone or something. So because we do have a we do have our our section of the um of our Discord now. Rolling Discord. credits. Yes. Yeah, rolling credits. So that that is still a go. So please let us know what games you're beating. Yeah, for sure. Actually, when I went in, I went into the Discord and I kind of merged the um you know current playlist uh section that we had with uh, some prior like postings of like people beating various games and kind of i noticed that thank you good good stuff but yeah now i'm going back in astros and just like kind of seeing what trophies are remaining and it's kind of cool because of the fact that with the ps5 front end you could actually ask for hints and so uh it's one of the like the sony branded games and games that support that particular feature is that you don't have to like go to a website and look up like okay what's this hidden trophy if you don't care about spoilers or whatnot you can just go in there and just you know go down the list and it's just uh something i i want to get the platinum for just to say i you know did everything i could do in the game that kind of thing so uh, there is a, like a one of the last trophies is like a speed run. They have sp- specific um, like uh, time levels uh, with each of the different like play fields. I think there's a total of eight in total on there. And I believe for you to get the trophy, you have to get like a total of all eight stages underneath seven minutes. And so I'm going to have to see, um, you know, maybe continue to play. And it's actually it lends itself well. Uh, to that so i would definitely recommend if if you have a ps5 if you haven't like given it a shot or you know played it with any significance to you know just it's a, it's a quick go you know it's something where you can just play on at your leisure it doesn't take a lot of uh, time or energy or whatnot so definitely recommend that quite a bit um also on the PS5, I've been playing a lot more of No Man's Sky. I'm doing an expedition with uh, Desmond, of course, and that's been fun. You know, I've been getting hints from him. I'm kind of getting immersed back into the, you know, I the thought we were just doing the regular play. I think we were doing the expedition, are we? No, I did an expedition. Didn't you do oh, an cool. expedition? Yeah. Well, I finished the expedition, so if you're doing the expedition... Um... No, you, you started a new expedition, correct? Nope. I started a regular game. Oh, you did? Okay, I thought you were doing an expedition, so... No, I already beat the expedition, so I was just did a regular game with us. I okay. I figured that would be just easier than trying to, you know, do something, you know... Yeah, because super... I believe... Doesn't the expedition start in a space station or something like that? Uh, It starts on your, on your ship, on your freighter. So if you yeah. want to do that, we can, and that way you can get a freighter and start off. We still have a couple weeks to do that, if you'd like. I mean, it's probably easier to get done if you want to do that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm willing to give a crack at it, especially, but uh, we'll see because we're on our way to PAX, not, uh, you know, about about like nine days from now. We're headed out to Seattle. And me and Des are going to go check out PAX West Prapa. So, yeah, that'll be fun. For sure. So, um, also on the Switch, uh, on Thursday, John BT wanted to cop back in and start playing some Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. And so uh, we didn't actually start the actual Sunbreak content or anything like that. But there is a beginning uh, mission on there to kind of lead you into the storyline of uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak on there. And, uh, you know, I felt really out of place to begin with with the game it just kind of felt odd because we hadn't played in uh, for me at least for almost a year or year plus 
on here. So um, by the end of our playthrough last game night, it became more of second nature to me. I was getting the wire bug again and kind of getting the, the loop. But, you know, part of our discussion was to, uh, since John never really experienced uh, Monster Hunter World on there, and uh, also uh, Jason Surgeon Fire mentioned the fact that he was thinking about going back if we went back to play uh, Monster Hunter World as well on here. So we actually might, uh, might, we will be going back into uh, playing Monster Hunter World in the next few weeks on there. In fact, so much so I went in on the Discord and changed the Monster Hunter Rise multiplayer hub until just a regular, into a, a regular Monster Hunter multiplayer hub instead. So that way, if anyone wants to get on board with it uh, or post some uh, items on there, but I'm um, still wanting to play Sunbreak. I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, playing Rise, Sunbreak versus going back to World or doing a little bit of both. I was up for doing both, actually, um, to be 100%. Um, I just honestly feel that um, World is just a simpler game. You know, it 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 doesn't try to, you know, reinvent the wheel or do anything else with it. And I think that's what that's what I enjoy about it. It kind of gets in there and I don't know, it just you know, with the wire bugs and, and all this other stuff. Granted, I, I'm fine with the wire bugs and I'm fine with using them and doing all that stuff with it. And when I played it with you guys, it, it really came back like second nature. Like once I once I was able to get the um, my uh my kind of handle about about where the buttons were because the buttons are not in any typical way <laughs> that that you know uh where they should be in my opinion they're kind of i don't know the, the the controls have always been a little bit weird weird to me but after i got ready and, and got uh back into it it wasn't a problem for me so i'm like um i can do either but if i had my druthers i would definitely play um a world uh over sun over um rise you know i just and i really hope that when they when they make um the second one which they will you know they they are a world two which they will you know let's not get it twisted they will make a world two because that game was highly profitable um i hope that they're able to add some elements of uh rise to it and i think that that would be fantastic if they were able to do it maybe not the wire bugs but but the ability to have you know your palamute as well as your um uh your palico would be would be really kind of cool so i'm i'm really interested and hopeful that that's what they're going to do um but yeah it's kind of you know how how i was with playing it so i'm fine with with honestly fine with, with playing both if um if that's a consensus of the group um because i have i have both of them set up i have both of them ready to go so um we do our game nights every thursday so if the game night says hey let's play this then or worlds or whatever then i'm down to play it so yeah uh, supposedly the sequel of monster Hunter world's called monster Hunter paradise which was found on a discord channel official capcom discord channel so so we'll okay let's see well, uh when it's uh you know unveiled and see what kind of goes from there you know i mean paradise sounds i mean paradise sounds interesting but you know i kind of liked worlds too i don't know paradise seems i don't know 
We'll see what uh, happens. You know, I, I just I, I think of that damn 80s song, Almost Paradise, and you know. <laughs> oh wow, um, you really took it to a whole nother place, Joe, because I was not thinking that. <laughs> Honestly, oh, I, could, I, I, I was could... thinking the same thing. Oh, were you really? I can't, I can't. Yeah, I can't lie. Almost uh, paradise. But it could it could almost be paradise. <laughs> well, if, if it's a, like a jungle theme or something, if, if Conga Lunga doesn't come back, then I'm gonna be yeah, gonna be mad. yeah. We got They got to bring back you know Conga Lunga. You know, I need I, I need to fight, fight the angry, abominable ape, and uh, you know have to like you know get away use, from flinging poop. Yeah, use deodorant. Yeah, we got it. So yeah. Also on the Switch, uh, just because I was trying to test out um, everything, I started in a playthrough of Dragon Quest One of all things. So, so cool. I'm gonna take it, take it back, take it back. This is like, you know, I, it's kind of funny that after playing this for a little bit, I gotten further in this than Dragon Warrior One proper on the NES I could ever get far. You know, it just seemed like they made it made it just a little bit easy, and also too. The fact that, you know, maybe the gameplay isn't as esoteric as it was uh, back in the NES days, if need be, on here. So, I mean, this is a very rudimentary, like, back-to-basics Dragon Quest game. You only have one character. You're just playing a Warrior of Light on there, and uh, you're just making your way across one map on there. But there is enough of a hook for me, especially reminiscing about playing the NES game from back in the day to continue playing on and it looked really great with you know an all black menu screen with inky blacks of the oled and everything so oh. you know so and, you know you know i've gotten the switch to look decent on the oled uh you know as far as uh, adjusting some settings i might need to go in and look at possibly doing some black frame insertion or something like that to kind of tweak it a little bit because you know obviously you know switch is amazingly low res you know i've been hating on it previously on the show so <laughs> but i do know that that uh those games uh those old those old games were no joke they did not hold your hand and they were like either gonna find this or you're not so yeah well i you know they re-released uh, Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 for the Switch, and the ports kind of got a little bit of a bad reputation because they're like uh, mobile ports, basically. They're yeah. Ports of mobile ports, but uh, for what I played, it seems like it's okay. I mean, granted, I think, you know, the art could have been a little bit better. You know, it's just like kind of demanding a... Uh, like a Square Enix 2D, 3D uh, kind of presentation right now. I, I would believe. love for them to do that. I they're would love for them to do that. They're actually remaking Dragon Quest three in that style that got announced a while ago, but we really haven't heard a lot about it. Uh, for I mean, I think that would be amazing, just because I think it would just add. Lend, I think that style lends itself. Like I get it. The um, the uh, first 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 uh, person, you know, the first person dungeon crawling and and that stuff is great and all, but. But when they were able to do it, um, and behind the uh, behind the back or third person, I thought that really made the game shine. So if they're able to do that, keeping in the original style but making it uh, third person, like I I would I would definitely buy all three of them again and play those games if they did it like that. That would be amazing. Although, you know, for my collection, I have I have a lot of those um, those remakes. 
when they were remade on the um on the 3ds so i have most of them uh now but um but i would definitely buy them if they were remade in that style and then put on the switch i would buy them in a heartbeat yeah uh dragon quest 3 hd 2d remake was announced like almost a year ago or actually over a year ago on here back when they first like showed the logo the dragon quest 12 on there and announced dragon quest treasures which is coming out the end of this year so, so i'm here for it i am here for it too we'll see what's, what's up with all that business uh on um i also played some games on steam for the first time in, in a while so um was testing out a few things i played a little on your bit. steam deck uh, no, not on my Steam Deck. My Steam Deck is, is actually just on my PC because the way my OLED is set up in the living room is that, uh, not in the living room, in the den, is that I have um, um, a um, HDMI cord going out to the OLED and using it as my third monitor, basically, as a dual monitor mm-hmm. setup. So it's like uh, I wanted to test out to see how well it ran, um, you know, going to a 4K screen and seeing about you know doing some tweaks and that kind of thing i, mean, I was i was hoping you'd, you you would have used it used your um uh i was hoping that you would have used your uh your steam your steam deck because i wanted to see like what your thoughts of it were but uh but steam it's... deck uh right now i'm setting it up in the living room i just got my dock on friday so i ordered the third-party dock on here that's super nice it does have like three usb uh 3.0 inputs hdmi out um a uh, uh cat5 cable input for um you know the wired connection on there so and it charges the unit as well on here so i paid like about 50 bucks for this dock because this actual official steam dock is not out yet mm. on here so and i'm planning on sitting up in the living room and as soon as i get this thing connected and i'm gonna give it a whirl in the living room as well so i've Oop, been kind of waiting waiting for the dock to get here so and it's kind of killing me because the couple of games that i played on my monitor uh, over the oled using my screen are not steam deck compatible or at least not confirmed as being <laughs> so i played warriors of Roshi 3 ultimate definitive edition because how many other subtitles can you add to that damn thing so uh a ton probably yeah and uh, this is a uh, original warriors uh Roshi 3 which came out for I believe ps3 uh, on there and i have that particular version of the game for on that and uh that just recently came out in steam not too long ago i also played a, a demo called shinobi non grata which is an indie title uh from a particular team but it kind of had like some really good feelings to me when i played i played it for all of like 20 minutes but it's this developed by this uh developer called studio pico from japan but it kind of reminded me straight up like it came off off of a like a turbo graphics or something like it really has um reminded me a lot of ninja spirit if you ever play ninja spirit mm-hmm. on the turbo on there or if you want to recognize it as, as maybe something else like a uh hagane or um a little bit more action than like ninja gaiden uh, the original nes ninja gaiden was in kind of in the same wheelhouse so so and it's all just basically 2d graphics and just lots of gameplay lots of different power-ups and uh can't wait for it man it's supposed to come out later on this year but the demo is up on steam so you can definitely check it out if you're interested 
in it. I definitely would recommend, especially if you like, you know, 8-bit style games and especially ninja games, you know, and bring back a Legend of Kage, you know, you know those kids back, back in the days, they used to call it Legend of Cage, of course. Hmm. But <laughs> That's what I called it. Yeah. Yeah, I probably called it that way, too. I don't remember. It's been so damn long, you know. It's like 16 when it came out, but don't you think, you know, that's when Ryu was Ryu and <laughs> yeah. whatever. other Japanese mispronunciations like you see me on this podcast still mispronunciating my Japanese. <laughs> but also played some uh, Valheim a little bit. Uh, that was the game me and Chase were playing a few weeks ago. But uh, I dived in and played some solo because Chase was a no-go for game night. Not this past Thursday, but the Thursday prior. And I was like, kind of curious about the game, and I actually had to go in and figure out how to do the building <laughs> using a controller. And I instantly, like I said, I just quit the game. I didn't want to even bother, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to say it, but I'm gonna have to like either learn keyboard and mouse on that bad boy or get a little bit better. But I just wasn't in the mood to sit here and try to chop down trees and make a floor so I could, you know. Wasn't feeling it, huh? Build a comparable, you know, you know, um, Viking hut. On You're the... like, leave me out here to die. It's fine. I, I need help, Chase. I can't survive. I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know, codependent on his building skills and workbench. And it's like, oh, I have materials for you. It's like his big, it's like my big Valheim papa or something, man. So, like, I can't do it. Please help me. I'm going to die out here, please. But that's pretty much all I've been playing these last couple of weeks. Uh, just you know, doing more testing, just getting every, all my setups uh, taken care of. And uh, I did connect the Series X. It does work. It's connected. I don't know when I'll get to it, but we'll see. You know, when, uh, when something is on Games Pass, that's not Cooking Simulator or, you know, whatever else hotness they're bringing out. So. Peppa Pig, man. Peppa Pig. Oh, yeah, Peppa, oh, yeah Peppa Pig. Bringing Peppa in the... Pig. Peppa Pig. Don't sleep on Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, gotcha. But, you know, Last of Us Part 1's not worth 70, but Peppa Pig all day long. All day long. <laughs> Give me we Peppa got Death Pig. Stranding. Oh, wait, it's the regular version just on PC Games Pass. But, hey, wow, really? Don't let me... Uh... Stop it. <laughs> That's all for Stop me. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> right, <Dan. laughs> what you've been playing, man. Okay, so like you said, been playing some No Man's Sky. Uh, really having fun with it. Really taking my time um, and just exploring um, and really liking the merchants guilds and um, and actually doing uh, the small quests. It's a really good uh, time waster. So. That's one good thing. You can put it on. You can turn your brain off and just run around and do stuff. Um, I am getting to the point, though, with it where where um, I do want to experience some other things. So my time playing it probably won't be as long as it was in the past. Uh, just because, you know, newer stuff is coming out and I kind of want to want to play new stuff. So this is this is like that that comfort food you can put on and just and just play for a little while, discover new stuff and then you just turn it off, you know. So it is definitely one of those games where where you get 
you get what you put into it. And if you don't want to put anything into it, guess what? You don't get anything and that's fine. You know? So that's kind of where I'm at with No Man's Sky. And I downloaded or I bought a new game on sale, which was uh, Arietta of Spirits. Uh, it is an 8-bit um, classic. Uh, I guess you. I guess it'd be sort of like, you know, um, it's a classic 8-bit Zelda-like, you know, once you play this girl who can see ghosts and you have, you know, you have to... Um, use this wooden sword that's been empowered by your spirit familiar to stop these, you know, roaming these roaming spirits from the spirit world from from doing some bad stuff, you know, and you meet your dead grandma and some other stuff. And, you know, uh, it's kind of emotional, pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. Um, combat is pretty fluid. Um, it has a lot of stuff. It has a lot of stuff going for it. Uh, stuff that you can add to your um, your your experience or, or your or your character. Uh, there's no um, RPG elements in it. Um, not that I have found so far. Um, but it does look uh, pretty. It looks pretty good, you know. The all of the eight bit and the and the pixel art looks really good in the game. Uh, the movement looks fluid. Uh, it's just a pretty good game. It's on sale for uh, for like ten bucks on um, on PSN. So that's a game that I most likely will beat. I don't think it's going to be too long. Um, I can't imagine it being too long. Um, but the story so far is pretty good. You know, it kind of reminds me of one of those classic, you know, uh, Japanese manga where you have like the young, you know, protagonist, of course, he's like 13 or something, you know, given given, you know, powers in order you know, to see the spirit realm. And she has like a uh, a blue flaming sword, you know, that's bonded to her spirit guide. So it's got a, it's got a lot of the trappings that you that you normally would 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 see in a game like that. So part of me is kind of like, OK, you know, I get it. It's it seems fun. I'll try it out. Um, and it's been fun so far. Uh, I already talked about Monster Hunter uh, Dawn Break. Like I said, um, if you join our Discord and Dawn you want to play, uh, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, and then it's Dawn Break. Uh, yeah, Dawn Break. That's what I said, right? No, Sunbreak. It's Sunbreak. Oh, it's Sunbreak. Oh, well, Sun. It's Sun Dawn. It's it's all sunny. It's always sunny in Monster Hunter Land. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry to be corrective. I don't, I don't no, mean to be fine. a, a but. You know, I just want to make sure. No, it's fine. I, I thought it was Dawnbreak. No problem for correcting me. I thought it was, you know, I, I thought Dawnbreak sounded better because Dawn is like it's something new, like like Dawn, like Dawn is breaking for for new a new area. Sunbreak, totally fine. You know, it's we'll, like whatever. We'll have, a, we'll have a talking at the Capcom booth at PAX and this. Yeah. Everything. You know, I think Dawnbreak, unless Dawnbreak is going to be a new a new game, who knows? Monster Hunter Dawnbreak. Um, I don't know. But um, like I said before, <laughs> if you want to play that, we'll play it. Either one. It's all good, you know. And then I've been playing a couple of Warhammer games, uh, classic games that I've had for quite a while, actually. I started playing Warhammer Chaos Bane, which is sort of like a Diablo light. Um, and it's been okay. I remember Joe and I played it for a little while. It's not the best game, but it's definitely not the worst game in the in the and the um uh in the Diablo like series. You know, you pick a character, it's fantasy based and you run around. 
um, top-down um, view. I really like those games. Um, they're like these kind of action RPGs. So I like Diablo-like games. I, I've always that's a genre that I really enjoy. So yeah, so I download it if you want to play. Um, yeah, I know we played it before, and um, and we got maybe to the middle of the first act, and then got pulled into something else. Don't I mean yeah. don't get me wrong, it is not a memorable game at all, but but it's 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 something to play, and and I I, I enjoy it, you know. And it was and when I got it, it was like super cheap. Um, all of the all of the DLC is is in it, so it's one of those games that you can basically. Uh, put a couple hours in and have a and have a blast. So it's on the so. PS Plus Extra, by by the way. So oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. I bought this a long time ago. Like I've had it. Yeah. Years, so yeah, I actually own the physical one. As soon as I saw it added the PS Plus, and I know that it was wasn't the greatest. I just traded it in and figured it's not going to get taken off the service. So no, it probably won't. Um, I would be hard pressed if it ever leaves the service. You know. Uh, but that's a good, again, that's a good little, good little, um, time waster you can kind of put in and, and just have fun with it. Um, and then the last game that I've been playing is, uh, Necromunda Hired Gun. And that's a game that is, um, it's not bad. It is a, it is a run and gun shoot 'em up, uh, first person shooter, very much in the doom style of of games and by that i mean you you really just need to i mean it <clears throat> i tried to adjust it so that it wasn't super uh fast but you really and by fast i mean because like you, your character is like like running around like at a breakneck speed and you are running and wall jumping and shooting and running up to people and you have you have um uh executions that you can do run for someone shoot them a couple times and then execute them by like grabbing your dagger into the top of their heads or cutting their heads off or something so it's like okay you know <laughs> so so um it's definitely one of those games where you can just you know have fun and and blow people up and and stuff and you have a mastiff you have this big old dog that that runs around with you and you have a squeaky toy and you and you put out the squeaky toy and runs it runs out it kills people and stuff and you know you can make the dog robotic and i don't know it's like i said the game's a little all over the place but but the shooting is fun um i i have i have enjoyed the shooting i've enjoyed um I've enjoyed what I played. Um, um, I'm on to the second part of it. It is a one single player game, so unfortunately you can't play with anyone else. And I really think that you could play with someone else because I think that this game really lends itself to group play. Um, but unfortunately, you just you know you just can't play with someone else. Um, but I'll probably end up playing it a little bit more to see what to see what's happening. I'm, it's not a looker. I don't think any of those. I don't think any of the any of the 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 Warhammer 40k games are lookers, uh, but but it's fun. Like I can't I can never fault I can never fault um, a game for not looking good if if it's super fun. I mean you can I guess, but if that was the case, Nintendo wouldn't sell. So the Switch wouldn't sell. So it's like that's kind of how it is. So. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, those are pretty much the games that that I have been playing, and I've been really kind of um, enjoying what I've been playing so far. Um, but but that's pretty much it. I mean, Kev, what have you been playing, my friend? Uh, so I haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, start things off kind of on a sad note. Last week we lost a, a member of the family on uh-huh. uh, my wife's side. But as uh, unexpectedly, so that kind of took uh, the, the kind of took the the wind out of my sails as far as game gaming went. Wow, for, I don't blame as you. far as that. So, but uh, prior to that, I have been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, enjoying the heck out of that game. Uh, man, again, I'm. I'm making some progress in the with the side characters that are assisting Jin, and man, I am I can I am consistently amazed at the character development depth of these NPCs that are in this game. Some of the best writing, uh, story, narrative building that I've seen in any game. Mm. I, I I mean, the more I play Ghost, the more uh, enamored I become with it. It, it is it's it's it is it is a fantastic game. It one of the best overall games I played. I don't know where it's going to sit on my pantheon of best games ever. Uh, I'll reserve uh, that judgment until after I've completed it and kind of digest everything. But man. If you have not played Ghost of Tsushima yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. Uh, I don't care what platform you prefer. This is a game that every gamer should at least try. Yeah, and, it's better uh, than some movies out there. Yeah, yeah, it, it is just just fantastic. I and I had completely forgotten that I had played um, a Sunbreak with you guys. Um, I completely forgot all my muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were I saying couldn't that. Do, I forgot how to use my switch skills. I, I didn't remember any of that. Um, so, yeah. And, and to be honest, if if we would have been playing World that night, I would have had to remember how to play that game, too. Because, you know, the, the muscle memories lapse when, when, when you get up in age like I am. But... That's really the only two games I've been playing, but I have been watching um, some shows. So I'm going to pull a page out of GH Radio and, and talk about just a few multimedia things I have consumed. Uh, first up is Prey. I, I, I did not have a Hulu subscription. I, I got. I found an introductory introductory one. And uh, activated it specifically to check out Prey, which is the the prequel to the Predator movies. Very good. Yeah, I heard it was really good. Very good. Very good. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but I will say this. You know, I'm. I I like the idea of not having. Uh, identity politics and whatnot in my in my shows and my tv and my games and i i'm 
And I, I criticize a lot of media for doing that and not representing uh, people of color, thinking they're doing us a favor when really they're just belittling us, thinking they're they're white knighting us when then nobody asked for that kind of shit. But this game has, I mean, game, this movie was kind of raked over the coals for being woke. It ain't woke. It's not. I mean, I, I don't know how that happened. I think there are some people in there because they fancy themselves as being uh, uh, YouTubers and building a uh, building a community for folks of, you know, like-minded and, you know, right-wingers or what have you. It's just like, I don't know what movie they watched, but this, this, this is far from, far from woke. So I, I really did not understand what the hell, uh, the, some of these knuckle draggers are talking about. I, I think maybe it's because I, I honestly think that some of them really are going to say something is woke just because there is a, the main character has a vagina or heaven forbid has a certain degree of melanin, uh, <laughs> because I, and again, you know, I call that stuff out as well, but this movie, no, mm -mm. it, it, it makes sense. The ending makes sense, you know, just like the first predator movie ending made sense. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to spoil it because uh, I think, folks, if you're a fan of the Predator series, you're going to enjoy checking out Prey. Great movie. Um, another another movie I watched, I took my wife to see Nope. Uh, now, what's think of that? Kept, that movie was good. Now, okay. uh, my wife didn't like it as much as I did. I thought it was dope. It, it 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 there was a twist that I really didn't see coming. Uh, that I really didn't see coming until the main character says something in the movie. Uh, that was really only my one criticism. Uh, I I I mean I get I understand why he said it and when he said it, but I kind of thought that might have been better worded. Because it kind of sort of gave away the gave away the hook, I think, a little bit prematurely. But other than that, I thought it was great. I thought it, I I thought it was a great twist on what you would otherwise think is you know a sci-fi you know aliens a, alien oriented movie. I thought it was really good, really good. Uh, I, I don't know if you have you seen that Des? Uh no I have not yet Paul saw it and he said it was fantastic yeah it is really good it's really good um so checked out nope on uh also back on the streaming things I have uh, I I went back to Netflix and I checked out Castlevania uh, the, the 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 Netflix series and I it was one of those things that I thought I was going to uh, check out, but I never got around to it. Yeah, I wound up basically uh, mainlining Castlevania. It, it was really good. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. The I if, if I had one one 
criticism, I would say that the uh, 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 the writers kind of have a uh, uh, have a bias against Christianity. Uh, and I think that's kind of present in, in the writing. But, I mean, if you're going to Castlevania anime for theology, you're, you're really. <laughs> you're messing up. You're messing up. Yeah. You're, 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 you're doing your, you're, you're doing, you're doing your life wrong. But um, it, that aside, it, it, it was really, it's really good. They. Ironically, they they kind of play on the um, like the 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 Belmont. They build upon the Belmont family lineage. They really the lineage is almost of Belmont is almost a, a, a character in the series, and I, I kind of dig that. Even though they really don't go, you you don't get a visual of that, but just in the dialogue the belmont lineage is is almost like another character and i really like the way they developed uh, the 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 main character trevor um uh the, there's a sorceress that's with him and some of the and some of the other characters are really yeah uh, really well developed alec card is a very interesting character so those characters are from the third move, the third game, I guess. They are. So, yeah, the the characters from that Transylvania. So that that sorceress was the one that you could turn into, mm-hmm. uh, that you freed. Joe would know this. Um, she's she is the. So in the Castlevania, I think it's Curse of the Moon or whatever the third one is where you could remember the the one where you could change into the, the, the different characters to get through certain different areas. Those are the characters that were that were brought in to that uh, to that uh, that series. So okay. so that's what's really cool. And what, what a lot of people liked about it was because they actually brought in characters from the game. That's why mm-hmm. Alucard is there. And um, and that's why she's there um, is because they they are these these characters and there's a there's a couple of really uh, interesting um, you'll I mean if you continue to watch it like you'll see the oh I've completed like, it oh yeah yeah some of the twists and turns you know were kind of mm-hmm. like you know oh, but but yeah it's a it's a it was really a good anime because of the fact that they actually you know looked at the source material and and brought that to the forefront and didn't hide and, and didn't hide they, they, they did they they created a their own story with it but but it wasn't like so far removed. the source material exactly and it wasn't yeah. so far removed from the source material that that it didn't make any sense yeah According to the wiki, it, it's based on Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, which, is, yeah. which was the NES game, and yeah. then uh, Dracula: Curse of Darkness. Yeah. On here, which I believe is one of the um, games that uh, came out for I think for PlayStation Two and Xbox. On here it was like yeah. the second th- um, 3D Castlevania on there after Lament of Innocence came out for PlayStation Two and Xbox. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it 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 takes its cues from um, from from that game, but still uh, adds its own kind of uh, world building and lore. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I thought that was really cool that they did that. 
Mm -hmm. I know what yeah. Warren Ellis was the one that created the whole you know script for yep. Castlevania. So and yeah, he's, he's a, a noted uh, comic writer. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So really enjoyed that. Uh, also while on Netflix, I checked out Tekken Bloodline. Oh, and wow. while nowhere near as in depth as Castlevania, it it's actually kind of it's actually pretty good. It it circles it circles around the um, or it involves the uh, Jin Kazama as his mother June raises him. Uh, he learns about his uh, Mishima heritage, uh, and it it he winds up. Competing in um, in uh, a tournament of Iron Fist, uh, aka the Tekken tournament, uh, tutored by his grandfather Hayachi. So it's really, really good. Really, it, I mean, when I say really good, it it's kind of sticks to the to the uh, source material well, and it believe it or not, it kind of sort of makes sense. Um, no, that's good. Of the At least. Uh, the actual of of some of the Tekken lore, uh, from what I can recall, having completed a uh, uh, couple of the games earlier on in in the series. But I guess the the only thing I didn't like about Tekken about the the um, the mini series was that there were some fights that they just kind of announced and then showed you who won that i would have liked to have seen see that's annoying they need yeah, to yeah. announce it especially if it's a crowd favorite they just gotta yeah they just gotta do it just yeah just, why would you why would you just soft you that and be like oh they won no yeah yeah well, like like here's the one that killed me they have paul phoenix is in the, is in is in the series but the fight with martial law Marshall, who has been a staple in Tekken forever, right? He is just, you see him, he, he, his fight is announced, and then who, the victor is, is announced right there. They mm. do not show martial law fight. I was really disappointed when that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like, that's, like, that's one of the people that you want to see. Even if he's yes. not the star, which yes. he's not. Yes. Like you want to see that you want to see that fight. Mm. That's a yes. shame. Yes. Um I mean some of the characters I I wish they could they they made them uh big parts of the series because in the lore they are uh friends or frenemies of Jin. And I oh, get okay. that. I know I you know I, so that's why Xiao Xu is in there. That's why uh Horong is in it, you know, because they're kind of friends. Fr they're friends with with uh, with the uh, Jin, but it's like y'all y'all did martial law like that. <laughs> did him dirty. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not so, cool. Yeah, yeah. And finally, the last uh, uh, I saw, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's good. It's good. Um. I remember what hearing or watching a um, a review that somebody did where they said, you know, they're they're talking about Gohan and, and his new form, 
and that all oh, he got it, it, it he, he just got it just because no that's not what happened it, it it actually sticks well with established dragon ball lore uh primarily how goku wound up getting uh increasing in his power I mean, you, I guess you can may, maybe make a statement. Oh well, he he did he didn't train like Goku did. It's like okay, that's true, but they're different people. He never stopped training though. He just didn't train as hard as Goku did. But he never yeah. he never stopped training, and that, that, it, so I yeah I I'm I'm not really sure what 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 that criticism was all about it it was very good is a little slow maybe about like the first third of the movie but understand why it was a little slow because they're build they they did a good job of building characters particularly for those who will make my maybe this is your first time checking out a dragon ball anything I think they did a reasonable job of kind of setting new people up in the universe. Uh, there wasn't there is an Easter egg nod to those who have played or are fans of Dragon Ball Fighters, which I thought was kind of dope. Um, so yeah, I Dragon Ball Super Superhero was really really good. Well, Joe liked it, and he only fell asleep once during it. So. <laughs> So that's correct. I only fell asleep for like what I think was it five minutes, Kev? I forget. I I didn't I didn't know. I I, I was watching. He was into a movie. He was a movie. <laughs> about you. I, I didn't know I was, I was like <sighs> Were you snoring? Was he snoring, Kev? I, I I now I know he was he snored at um when we went to go see uh um the uh, that other anime movie um uh, Shoot, I was just about to say the one about the where where you uh, the spirit one based on using spirits is your fighting Kaisen, ability. Jiu-Jitsu? Jiu-Jitsu yeah, Kaisen? Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen. Yeah, I know you fell asleep during that. Yeah, and I did. you were boring during that. <laughs> also a very also a very good movie. If you have not seen the Jujutsu Kaisen movie, I highly recommend it. Very good. I'm, I'm going to see it one day. Yeah, I yeah. Think I, you know, <laughs> I, I think I saw half of it. <laughs> well, but if you don't know, you know, Joe does get up rather early in the morning, you know, to go to work. So, so he, you know, he is a, he is a, a one of those guys that gets up and has yeah, stuff to it's do. Like, no matter what, it's like, as soon as the sun rises and the, it's showing through my blind, it's like, I wake up just because, so. Terrible. So. Sucks, yeah. I could, I could have slept, been sleeping for three hours, and I still wake up. So terrible. I know, but uh, you know, I didn't. I I enjoyed the movie. I'm not a big Dragon Ball fan, just for the fact that I haven't watched any, you know. But it seemed like it was pretty easy to pick up, and I kind of knew the characters from you know playing various games throughout the years anyway, and and maybe it got me a little interested to kind of maybe pick up a game to kind of get a lot of the anime backstory. Like maybe, I don't know if Kev, if you would recommend I play through Kakarot, maybe you would probably like that. You would probably like it. I didn't like it because I'm a beat em up snob. Mm. So the, but for regular people who don't care that much, <laughs> like I do, uh, I think it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, and it's in my backlog. I already own it, so yeah, well, that that will that will get you caught up with the Dragon Ball Z lore. 
pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched what I the original Dragon Ball back when it aired, like way back in the day, you know, when they edited all the like, you know, Goku acting like a Goku basically out of the <laughs> the mix. So remember they got um, some editing out of that. <laughs> yeah. Show. I, well, I heard it did. I heard that. I heard it did pretty well though. So you know, yeah, here's like, you know, this might be you know the a wave of uh, a lot more. Uh, animation, you know, anime uh, movies yeah, coming out it, to uh, America. It led the box office for the weekend, mm-hmm. so beat whatever else was showing uh, on there. I know that the other movie that launched uh, was kind of noted as not being all that great. The uh, God, what's that? Uh, African American actor? Oh, Beast. Yeah, Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, and uh, superhero. I think they had a budget of like seven million, and its opening weekend was hit twenty million. Just damn, in, in the US. That's, yeah. that's damn good for 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 an anime movie. Yeah, yeah. And this is after it's released in Japan, so it, it, it's definitely in profit mode right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's they're getting their money. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's well yeah. worth it. Definitely, really well worth it. But uh, that's pretty much all for me for my uh uh gaming and and viewing shenanigans this past couple of weeks so with that we're going to move on to our next topic on the docket that being the main event all right Diz, you got the mic all righty everybody so uh as always want to say thank you to the people who take the time to answer our question and to participate um we really want this show to be uh, really have a lot to do with with the listeners uh, because if it wasn't for you like kevin says we would all just be you know two well two old men and one you know moderately aged man uh talking <laughs> about video games so what the <laughs> so, hell are you talking about man so uh, so for our like three years younger than we are, man. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyway, uh, so the main event question uh, was a question that Kevin brought up, and we wanted to bring um, extend it a little bit more because uh, we wanted to get more feedback from our listener base. And that question was: Do you think the console wars, i.e., uh, hashtag Sega versus hashtag Nintendo, or Hashtag PlayStation versus hashtag Xbox resulted in better games due to the competition. Did it pro- did it provide you a clearer choice in determining your platform of choice? And uh, we wanted to, like we said, we we had this question and we let it go for a couple of weeks because we, again we wanted to get more have a much more robust conversation uh, because what what this is questions is applying is is a lot of this stuff is is uh what is a manufactured drama for the sake of selling uh consoles and sometimes you know back in the past when um social media wasn't as prevalent you had uh, these systems had to put a lot more information out there um and let folks know a lot more marketing but nowadays um so and because of that they're putting all this money in you know they really needed to you know put their money where their mouth is in order to sell these consoles. But now um, a lot of it 
a lot of the you know the console wars are are being fought on Twitter uh, by rabid fan bases and and do you think so? My question or my, my thought was back in the day, you it really did it really like the competition really did kind of spark your coals about about who was better or who was or who was worse now it's a lot of hearsay from you know armchair influencers about about what's better um and and has this now uh provided clear choices in determining your platform of choice like you know do you listen to the armchair uh, folks, do you or or, or, do, or does the or does the system and the games that it offered is that you know the thing that defines your buying choices? So so it was a lot to unpack. And again, like I said, we really wanted to have more more uh, of a say from our listeners, and you guys responded really well, and we're thankful for it. So Will D on Discord says on our Discord says definitely not only were our slash are the console wars fun from an audience perspective they have most definitely resulted in a better product um i definitely have to agree um not so much in the fact that that um i, I think um technology is always going to evolve it's always going to be better but the i think the classic console wars definitely pushed out a better product nowadays um I think we really need to understand what that product is and we really need to understand what the teraflops are and what's really being said and if it really makes a difference because that's the one thing that I think a lot of uh, marketers or marketing speech uh, comes out and they'll fill people's heads with a lot of things about like saying like teraflops or this much power and this much this and this much that but what does it really mean uh, when you're playing the game or when you're looking at the game, what does that really mean? Um, and I think people need to be a lot more savvy nowadays. Um, Irish Joe 13 um, at uh, PS Irish Joe 13 on Twitter says it definitely did. The PS3 era, uh, Sony did a lot of things to get people back after their, their debacle of a launch of the PS3. PlayStation made a lot of great games on the PS3 in uh, games on the PS3 generation, and that was because the 360 was way ahead. So I want to. This was a question that I read, and I wanted to really pose that uh, Irish Joe's questions to to you two because, like I said, you're you're, you're quite a bit older than I am, and um, you remember. <laughs> You remember, you know, the, the you know fighting in the foxholes and the trenches of the console war. Do you think that I that got my that, musket? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do you think that Irish Joe is onto something with that? You know, that with with the with with the PS3 being a debacle. Uh, do you think the PlayStation was playing catch up to the 360? And I'll let, I'll let, I'll start with I'll start with Joe on this one. Of course it was, because uh, back at the launch of the PS3, the PS3 was kind of, I hate to say it, it was kind of trash, you know, so. But why was it know? trash, though? Like, what what, what made it trash? Was it the game? Was it the games? Was it the system? It was the, the, the $600 price point. It was get a second job. It was the launch titles. I mean, you're dealing with Motorstorm, which was decent. Genji, which was... Uh, you know, a, a sequel to a decent PS2 game, but it was kind of lacking 
in those aspects, you know, so it was just kind of a really, it was a bad launch on there. I mean, until like Heavenly Sword came out like a year later, and then you got to see a little bit more momentum with some of the first party titles. I mean, you know, MotorStorm, for all intents and purposes, uh, what was shown in the uh, E3 press conference and whatnot was all basically CG bull bullshot <laughs> trailers along with that Killzone trailer, which was a great looking trailer, but too bad it wasn't actual, tr you know, gameplay <laughs> with it, you know, so uh, that was all basically ish, bull, bull ish. So a lot of know. smoke and mirrors then, right? You got it. And then the 360 hit off hot, too. I mean, Microsoft was hitting with the both cylinders uh, blaring. Of course, it hit off hot because the damn system was running hot, but that's beside the point. So, but that was back when, um, you know, they had different leadership involved and, uh, you know, they were developing and bringing out like you know, different Japanese games, Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey. You know, you got uh, Rare you know, with Cameo and Perfect Dark Zero, you know, and okay. <laughs> even though, you know, it wasn't exactly like, you know, some of the games weren't gangbusters, you know, and PGR3, you know, you got a, you got a, quite a bit of uh, great games. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 2, you know, uh, the whole Xbox Live Arcade, Xbox Live, like, you know, uh, titles as far as indie titles and whatnot, Braid. You know, you think about about the beginning of that generation. That's when Sony kicked it up in the gear and really started concentrating on making good games. You know, not stuff like Lair. <laughs> you know, so. Okay. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Cap? Yeah, I, I think the two companies have they, they had their they were they were fighting the console war, quote unquote, on two on two different fronts. Uh, I think Microsoft was putting games first. I mean, they were getting the third party deals. They were, they were, they were doing all that. They were, they also caught PlayStation with their pants downs with regards to online. Mm. You know, I, I don't think PlayStation was ready for the major league push of popular in popularity that the Xbox live, uh, infrastructure made console online gaming. It, I don't think they expected it to be as as the juggernaut that it turned out to be. Um, but what Sony was concentrating on, they were trying to win a format war as well through the PS3 with the Blu-ray technology. Uh, and I can't, I think, what was it? It was HD DVD was the other competing uh, format, I believe. And they, because Sony had their, had their feet in movie production, uh, camera production, lenses, I mean, they're, they're a multimedia company. So they definitely wanted to lock down the, the industry standard format. And they bet hard on the PS3. And at the time, for those who know, who may not remember, the PS3 was the best Blu-ray player for the money at $600 because you were paying a, heck lo a hell of a lot more for a dedicated Blu-ray player back in the day. Mm. It's just like yesterday, too, it feels like. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now you can now you can get a Blu-ray player at at a vending machine for fifty cents. Uh, you, yeah. know, you know now, Times but back in the day, back in the day, it cost you a it cost you a pretty penny. So, it, it, but it was so they were they were doing they were they were kind of fighting the same war, but facing in, in two different directions. And PlayStation knew. That the only way to, to to make this a success was going to be we have to provide games that are must play and that can only be played here. Mm-hmm. And and their their in house studios were able to make that happen. No, so, I agree one hundred percent. No. And this leads me to uh, John BT's question, which I think really speaks to what uh, really speaks highly to what i was you know what i was referring to uh before about generations um and because when you think about it the access to information um is is one of the keys to 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 any war especially like the console wars um and so john was saying or john bt on our discord says in my view the console wars in each generation have been good for the consumer these wars always lead to pushing the limits of games and systems. Also, if someone is losing the war, they can shift development to a new system and start a new generation. That's true. Uh, where the ears would fa- would fail uh, as if a company wins to the point that others drop out or or as a single company gets or if a single company gets into a niche with no competition, Nintendo. And in those cases, why would the company on its own innovate rather than milk what they have? And I think, of course, he's speaking about Nintendo and the fact that because Nintendo really, if you look at you know brass tacks, they really don't have any other competitors because they're not competing with with either uh, Sony or or Microsoft because Nintendo is is uh, banking on brand loyalty and that's why they're not having to push the the system. So. Even though they are technically part of the console war adjacent, they really don't care. They're pretty much Switzerland in this whole thing. So this is why Switch hasn't changed. So why bother when they have zero competition? Uh, they're just going to milk that system for every everything they can, which they are. Similarly, if Microsoft announced they were getting out of gaming, I bet Sony would slow down the generation releases until they had a real reason to release, like a new competitor. Finally, the console wars brought us blast processing. Uh, I rest my case. So uh, I think John really uh, brought up something good in his first paragraph, and that was each generation. And I think that's what really is what one thing that I was think, talking about. And I think it's just the 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 uh, proliferation of information. So when you guys were were young. This is not an this is not a, an age joke, by the way. When you guys were young, and and the and the I guess the first um, kind of console wars were hitting, um, where did you hear about this stuff? You heard it through magazines, right? And you heard it through your friends, and you heard it through uh, people that you were talking to, or or that really, you know, that that guy who who was at the 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 store that you bought this stuff from who was like a super nerd or whatever. Right. And then they were the ones, they were the spokesmen saying like, you know, Atari's better than Activision or uh, better than ColecoVision or whatever, you know, those are the people that you were hearing this from. Correct. Um, 
magazines for me. Um, okay. I really didn't hear, I really didn't get that type of feedback from people actually selling the consoles until we started getting into, at least for me, when I started noticing it was the 16-bit era. Okay. We had SNES and the Genesis, but the thing that the the the, the inf I got my information back in the day from the actual commercials, because like I said before, each of the three before the crash, each of those systems was doing something different. You know, mm-hmm. if I was an arcade rat, so if you wanted arcade games because arcade games were the graphic standard. You know, the best you want the game with the best graphics. You are you're playing arcade games. Mm-hmm. Then you wanted the ColecoVision. If you wanted in depth, fairly complex for the time games, a uh, little bit of arcade, uh, a whole lot of original content, then you got it in television. If you wanted just a plethora of games available to you, the legacy of being an arcade uh, publisher, manufacturer, what have you, and just games upon games upon games upon games upon games because they were that juggernaut back in the day, then you had an Atari VCS. So each console was doing something a little bit differently, but in the in the marketing each console manufacturer's marketing specifically addressed that console's strongest point. Okay. So that and that's really where I was able to formulate my opinion on on which way which way I wanted to go. You okay. know, and I was lucky to have friends who had all three. You know, so as I. I had access to all three, even though I I I own I only own two of the three. So, okay. And Joe, what about you? Uh, for me, I was very fervent as a child. You know, I pretty much uh, I had a particular run because I was a comic collector back then of uh, particular drug stores I used to go to, and I used to uh, check out this uh, magazine called Games. This is pre. Um, Electronic Games, because uh, there's this magazine called Electronic Games Monthly, not EGM, but Electronic Games, that uh, came out. And I grabbed the first issue, and I got a, uh, my parents allowed me to get a subscription. And I was subscribing to this magazine, and there was both that and you were magazine. Like, and you were like four years old, right? No, I was not four years old. I was more well, like I was – I think you were maybe a, a – Four years old at that point, probably because you know it's like 1980 around then, as far as when this magazine first came out. And I collected this magazine; I had a subscription since issue one on there, and that's when I, you know, I would read it from cover to cover. I would, uh, you know, kind of absorb everything, uh, you know, kind of get an idea as far as who's in the marketplace. You know, I knew who Activision was. They explained in the magazine that it was a bunch of uh, ex-Atari programmers that kind of left the company pissed off because they weren't given proper name recognition, so on and so forth. And a lot of my research, too, I mean, it was spent a lot at the, you know, Kmart that had like an Intellivision out to play, you know, or, you know, I go to Jimco and they would have 
systems set up to play and you could play various things. Same thing with Montgomery Wards. You know, back then they didn't have no problem setting up these systems and having them set on free mm-hmm. play so you could get a chance to sample and play some games. I would ask to see if they're willing to grab a game off the shelf so I could give it a shot and give it a try because back then the games didn't come sealed in plastic. They just came in a box. <laughs> you could just open the box, you know, until I remember, you know, parent figures like my father would go and return the game after a weekend because, you know, this game's crap or, you know, I got bored of it. And so go back, get our money back and go swap it out for something else. <laughs> so I love that your dad was using it as like a, like a, like a, um, like a blockbuster. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I, I kept a lot of my games too, but back then too, I mean, I had no um, designs to own multiple systems and, my thing back in the day is I wanted to play Zaxxon like a mug, man. I wanted to play a home version of Zaxxon. I, you know, Donkey Kong was good, great, too, because I've got the 2600 version of Donkey Kong. And as Kevin could attest, you know, on the show, the 2600 version of Donkey Kong from Coleco is kind of garbage a little bit, you know? Oh, it's though. trash. Yeah. In television version, is just as, is just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. So, but you know, that led me to get a ColecoVision. And the uh, thing about the ColecoVision, they had the expansion module one, which allowed you to play Atari 2600 games on it. So, which was a big to do then. And then after that, then I uh, was lusting over and wanted to get an Atari 5200 because I was a big Atari fan. And I had my dad return the ColecoVision, which was like the biggest mistake ever. <laughs> mm. Because I had, like, a lot of the, like, you know, games. I had a turbo wheel. I had everything under the sun on Coleco. I should have stayed with Coleco. But, no, I had that at 5200, so. Mm. <laughs> no, so there I is... a... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, but the, the, that's how I did my research. You know, I think going to Toys R Us back in the day, especially with the big-ass glass case and the, the wall of games and, you know, the security booth and like kind of eyeballing what's in the back of the security booth, just in case, you know, they had something new that came out, you know, that's, that's how I did my research back in the day. So. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is because that just really like, that was the original, like, like console wars was like you, that, you know, you thinking about or, or reading a magazine or, or talking to someone or talking to your friends and them doing and them kind of saying, oh, what's going on? And and oh, this is better than that. And oh, you're really, you know, you like that trash and stuff like that. But now with the proliferation of the Internet and all this other stuff, it it, it makes it it's a lot more in your face and a lot more a lot more visceral. And as well as these companies now are are not um are not quote unquote niche anymore and haven't been in for a very long time. And I thought that was very interesting what Kevin said about about like each one kind of cater to a certain type of gamer. And I don't really think that that's the that's the case nowadays. I think more of them are just trying to get as much market share as possible. And I think that's just the, just I mean that's just uh how it is right now, how 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 the marketplace has changed. So uh, so when I, so I guess that that innovation that people are having or or or, or that people want, um, I think it's I think it's there for PlayStation and and um, 
uh, Microsoft, but I don't think it's or for Sony Microsoft, but I don't think it's there for for Nintendo. I mean, all that suffice to say that um, these companies do not need uh, your support <laughs> when it comes to fighting this war for them, um, because they have marketing teams and they have all these other other um, aspects and 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 other ways ways to do it. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to afford all the systems well then you are um kind of sidelined i mean because you can you can have a preferred system everyone you know can that's that that's not really the main issue it's just like the main issue is 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 well i guess there could be two issues um one if 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 you can if if you have the ability to be able to have each one of the systems and play each one of the systems then you know the 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 whole console war concept shouldn't really i don't say it shouldn't apply to you but because you can always have your your brand loyalty or, or whatever but it just seems like it's a lot more uh a lot more apparent or visceral for people who, who can only afford one or chooses to afford you know one um and then and then that's that's one aspect and the second aspect is is does it really um progress or push innovation and i think i think it has personally i think that it has in the past but i think that innovation is getting slower and slower and slower and i think one of the reasons why that happened and i don't know if this is innovation or not was the uh, tv 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 and how and how microsoft tried to integrate everything into one thing and to be one thing for everybody and i think that was a uh, kind of a misstep and and they've been paying the price ever since then by having this sort of mentality but that's something separate um uh so lastly uh crucial chase on our discord says uh we haven't truly progressed very far in nearly 10 years like i was saying maybe it maybe it meant something in the nes sega days but now it's it's grown men fighting for corporations making plastic bottle uh plastic boxes there haven't been a, there hasn't been a holy shit i need to upgrade for that shin since the 360 ps3 days and that was nearly 20 years ago um i i think that there's a there's some merit to what chase is saying you know because I mean, I look at the I look at the PS5 and I look at the PS4 and I look at the 360 or I look at the sorry the 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 last Xbox to the new Xbox, and I'm not really sure like what the difference is. And I know some people probably are like screaming in their screaming in the air as they're listening to us on their headset, but like I don't know. For me, I'm not really super into graphics, so the graphics is kind of lost on me however i do like the processing power and the fact that that things move faster and we're able to do things a lot faster and loading times are a lot faster and solid state drives are a thing and that's really kind of cool but i mean do you think that chase has a point here and the fact that there hasn't really been that much like like we needed to upgrade since the 360 ps3 days or you know or do you think that that there hasn't been enough innovation and this console war is like a dead war that that doesn't even need to you know that that shouldn't exist um like what are your guys thoughts of of chase's uh comment i i think it kind of base it depends on what type of gamer you are because i think crucial is mostly a pc gamer 
So there's a whole lot of content on the PC that you're just not going to find on the console. Or if you do find it on a console, it's going to play much better on a PC. You know, I'm, I'm thinking games like Valheim and uh, RTSs and, you know, so genres like genres like that. I would disagree with the 10-year statement just for me because I have played some killer games over the past 10 years. Most recently, it's that damn Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Um, I don't, you know, it is, are, is the open world genre long in the tooth? Yes, it is. It, but the graphics, the combat, the story, the character development, the narrative, the, the overarching narrative that binds all these characters together in the backdrop of a Mongol invasion, man, I, unless you were playing a turn pay, a turn based JRPG, like on the NES back in the day, you're, you just did not get that kind of character development. You just didn't. And if you weren't into the, the turn-based thing like I would never was, then it's like, okay, I, I might as well be reading a book. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I, I I look at it, I look at it that way. Uh, the comment about the people, grown men fighting over plastic boxes, that's part of the downside of our social media we have people that these boxes, they have infused them into their psyche in some form or fashion. Well, it's part so of their identity. It's part of their identity, exactly. They identify with it. And because they identify with it, they can just outright lie about the platform that they do not prefer. And because they can outright lie and put make videos that look fairly well produced, and they can speak fairly well, they can come across as an authority. So the unknowing, uh, those who are trying to get legitimate information may stumble upon their YouTube channel and, oh my gosh, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, the, 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 series, the series X has, a, or the, the, the Xbox One X has the hidden ability to, to be as, more, as powerful as a 1080 Ti. It, that type of stuff, you know, and on top of that, you have the corporations themselves allying themselves with these, as, as Porter Rock calls them, nonprofit workers, uh, going into their chats, flying them out to, to, to fly planes and, and, and host shows. They're giving these cats... The kings and the the keys to the kingdom in the form of access. So even though the stuff that they may be saying is as outright BS, because they have the they're getting that corporate pat on the back, it legitimizes them in many mm -hmm. ways. And that's I think the the big problem now. And and all of that stuff just feeds into. Oh, this is the this is the console that I have integrated into my personal identity, 
and then that's where we get all this toxic nonsense from mm -hmm. okay uh so um joe i'll let you have the last word um if you want to respond to chase or anything because uh i think we had a pretty good conversation so i'll, have, I'll let you have oh, the yeah. last word now as far as his uh, thing yeah it's like you know i hate to say it but it's just like uh Men fighting over plastic boxes. It's almost like I go on the Twitter and I look at Mets and Braves fans. I'm a Braves fan and just see everyone just go back and forth with sophomoric like arguments back and forth. When you really think about it, I mean, both the Xbox and PlayStation are running off AMD you know, GPUs. Uh, they could basically be almost the same thing except for, you know, the, some underlying differences on there, obviously, both companies have different philosophies as far as, uh, you know, games on there. So, I mean, that's where your differences are going to lie. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, just, you know, in, in the end, I would love if, uh, even though I'm grateful that there's differences, though, still, you know, it, it could be like a one platform nation where you know everything's on steam everyone has all mm. their games on steam and everyone's going to hold hands and sing kumbaya there's differences between the switch there's differences between that and the ps5 and the series and you know obviously it's up to you to make a decision as far as what your preference is you know or you're a grown man you could afford all three you know buy all three you know you know it's like you know um, PlayStation is my preferred brand, but I know if Xbox came through with some games that I like and enjoy, I'll play more on Xbox. It just depends as far as how everything kind of shakes out. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not wrapped up in my personal identity enough to where I'm going to, you know, put a jihad on anyone. I, you know, even though I joke around, you know, <laughs> the whole back and forth on Twitter, I think it's funny, you know, where you know people are like espousing like Death Stranding coming to PC Games Pass, even though it's a Sony game, according to some people. And it's like, no, it's not. It's like a game that It's a was, game to make money. I know. it's It was, <laughs> you know, published by 505 on the PC. Kojima Productions produced it. Sony put some money behind the development of it. Obviously, it's not coming out for Xbox proper as far as Xbox consoles on there, but it is on PC Games Pass on Windows. I mean... Um, you know, someone trying to paint a corner. Oh, it's just like MLB the show. It's like, you know, I'm not here to play service wars with you, sir. You know, I don't really care. You know, I have all the services. I don't care what movies, you know, you might as well just say it's like, you know, someone's like acting the fool and saying, oh, HBO Max is better than Netflix or like Hulu's people do. You know, that's just a whole another a whole another thing because people can fight about anything if you let them. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's like it, it's all gravy to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so, all right, everybody. So, thank you so much for everybody who took the time to uh, respond to this uh, question. I really think that we had a really good conversation about it, um, and the conversation can continue on our Discord if you want. Um, we would love to have. Have uh, have a conversation about this if you would like to continue. At the end of the show, Kevin will let you know how you can do that. So for our for next week's question, and um, this question is is really fun. I I love asking this question, and 
and I hope that you guys, you know, take it seriously and let us know your thoughts. But it's uh, our annual check-in time. You know, you go to the doctor once a year, hopefully, if you're, if you're able to. This is it. So uh, now's the time to let us know what you think of the show. Do you love us, uh, like us, or just hate? Or just hate listen? Uh, you can. Uh, how can we improve, or are we perfect just the way we are? Let us know your thoughts, and we will discuss your responses on the next podcast. Maybe. I mean, unless you tell us all that we're like trash and you hate us, you probably won't say that. But uh, <laughs> you know, we want to be able to like use this. Um, uh, we want to be able to use this in a in a good way so so only you know constructive criticism please um so if you could do that we would greatly appreciate it um so yeah that's it for me and like always after the main event comes the jabroni gaming news thank you there buddy all right so let's go and kick it off here. Uh, first thing I kind of want to talk about, and this is going to maybe lead to an interesting discussion, is that um, Sony basically, once they published the uh, recent Spider-Man PC port on Steam, on here for Spider-Man Remastered, uh, someone went in and dug into the source code, and they have found references to a PlayStation PC launcher in the files on here so Uh so basically they can be soon to introduce their own launcher for its pc games following the steps of of course ubisoft rockstar and activision blizzard on here so uh, video game chronicle has verified the files and seen references to the playstation pc launcher on here this follows the discovery that sony could be planning to introduce a uh, PlayStation network integration into its PC game. So just in case if like you log and play on some Spider-Man remastered on Steam, it will log you into PSN to be able to rack up some trophies, see what your friends are doing on PSN on there, so on and so forth. So that's what the um, uh, whole integration, God, I could just say that word. Integration. Yeah. Integration, yes. So now neither Marvel Spider-Man nor any other PlayStation Studios PC game currently allows connectivity to PSN accounts. The Spider-Man's files contain multiple references to PSN account link, PSN linking entitlements on here. Um, so far, all Sony's PC games have been launched on both Steam and Epic Game Store. While PlayStation has a PlayStation PC brand that's generally used as a collective term for all its PC re-releases rather than a launcher on here so so it's possible these references could suggest that bespoke version of the playstation store could come to pc um this says references to account integration could eventually lead to cross purchasing for titles on ps5 and pc but it's unlikely the first party would keep its games exclusive to the launcher on here while microsoft offers games on its own services its own store and also releases its games on steam on here. So in comparison, Rockstar required a reduced version of the launcher to be active even while launching the game in Steam as a means for verification. So as you well know, um, Jim Ryan did state that PlayStation's planning to bring a quote unquote a whole slate of games to the PC. So we'll have to see. Uh, Spider-Man Remastered is Sony's sixth PC title. 
on here. Um, there is going to be PC ports of Spider-Man Miles Morales and Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection later on in the year. So, so. Kev. <laughs> Kev. Steak. Yep. What's it? What's it smelling? What's it smelling? It smell that, that steak that Sony's cooking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm you might. Honestly, though, I mean, this uh, a a launcher would be great for your day and date uh, games as a service that's going to launch across your your console and PC. That would be a great way to uh, facilitate cross platform play with using your own using your launcher as kind of like the go between between the console and PC. So. I mean, you don't buy a whole studio dedicated to porting to PC just to just to do this stuff, you know, a year, two years, three years down the line. I mean, they they have they have bigger plans to bring more content over to PC. So, um so yeah, I think the launcher is coming specifically because of the games as a service push that old uh, Jimmy has been talking about over the past year and a half or so. I'm telling you, Kev, you better you better polish up that knife and fork, buddy. <laughs> well, either way, we're gonna have steak either on my dime or on Kevin's dime. It's just oh, it'll be like... on your dime, buddy. <laughs> No, well, just gotta take a look It'll, at the uh, whole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a race right now, and it's just it depends on if uh, they get to the finish line before the predetermined date or not. So, yeah, unfortunately, I, unfortunately, Kev, I joke, but I think I think the writing's on the wall that it will happen. I just don't think it'll happen in the time frame that you guys have put out there. Like, I think if you had another five years, I think, or maybe even another three, I think I think he would be better better suited. But I think Sony has been moving moving this way for for quite a while, and and like you said, one hundred percent, you don't buy, you know, those type of studios to just have them sit there. So no, these games will be will be making the um, will be making the jump, and I think they are going to look at uh, what Microsoft and the Microsoft launcher is doing, and they're going to do something similar. Meaning that it will launch on their own platform, um, uh, like uh, much like um, X. Uh, uh, sorry, Microsoft um, has their PC version. I think um, PS is going to do the PlayStation is going to do the same thing, and that's where the day and date is going to happen. Now, will it be day and date on Steam? I don't think so. I, I think that there's just too much money to be had by by uh releasing their own installer you know and then you know after a couple of years make it um make it available for steam for for yes. for non-playstation users i don't think that strategy really works anymore because it's been attempted you're gonna piss off a lot of people yeah yeah but the thing about it though is is how many people are have been have been waiting for these games to be put on to be put on to uh to steam you know, I, I think I think if that's going to happen and they're going to piss off people, you know, these people might might be willing to download the, um, the 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 PlayStation launcher on their PC and then play it that way. Hey, there's a subset of 
PC gamers that just hate to deal with different launchers. Oh, no, I know that. I definitely know that, you know. But again, if they're able to make it, you know, user-friendly and really show that they know what they're doing with it, you'd be surprised what people are willing to do. I don't, I don't trust Sony to pull that off. I hate to say. I mean, I, I, who knows? You know, but but it's always great to speculate. You know, will they be able to pull it off? Eh, probably not. But it's good to speculate. I mean, we're, we're we're all we're all speculators until it actually happens. You know, until they it's announced and then we all try it and then we boo it or or it's a success. So we're all speculators until then. I love the, the question, fact that. Oh, go ahead. I uh, said so I love the fact that all you know, these PC ports basically makes the Steam Deck almost like a, uh, a third generation of PlayStation portable systems, basically. So, mm-hmm. well, maybe that's maybe maybe that's why they they got rid of the PSP and the Vita. They're just gonna port everything to the to the Steam Deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be some shady shit right there. Mm-hmm. I think the I mean, one thing it. that. I think the one thing they could do do to differentiate themselves is if this launcher comes when this and when if this launcher drops since PC players don't have to pay for online if they make base the basic online play on console free huh. and you would just pay for the, your subscription, your subscription do whether if you want to be part of the you know whatever tier the, you know the, the the if you want the the ps4 games and the ps5 games or if you want the classics uh access to everything and the ps2 ps1 ps3 streaming uh classics well that could be a way to do it yeah but like I said before, we're all speculate we're all speculating until until we actually see this thing happen. But I think something will happen. Um, well, something has to happen. Like I, again, I really believe Kevin hit the nail on the head. You don't invest. You don't invest in these companies to just not do anything. Like just that. That's dumb, and that's not a good business model. So, so you gotta you gotta do something. So. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe we'll have to have a, a stake bet section of the Discord just to make sure and get the guidelines all in place. I know we talked about on the, on the show previously, but I have to go back and look it up as far as the time frame that we allowed. I think it was the launch between the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, I believe, right? Yeah. And I think there's like a gap. I think of three years. I think so. Yeah. I thought I think it was we got years. we got one year left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't have... think it's going to happen in the time frame that you have. I I don't I really seriously think we might be going to Ruth Chris, you know, and you'll be a bystander, you know, you're not buying your <laughs> cake. Yes, yeah, since since you're so, uh, you know, maybe we'll get you on the kids menu since you're so much younger than than me and Kevin. So. That is totally fine. I will take a I will take a steak in a heartbeat, buddy. Let's see if let's see if Big Daddy. Big Daddy uh, uh, Jabroni's paying. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, while well, me and Kevin were getting our, our, our senior discount. 
at the, wow. at the Ruth Chris. Yeah. Because we're so, we're so ancient. Paying with our AARP card. <laughs> there you that, go. I don't think that happens. I don't think that, that's how that works. <laughs> do, you, but. do you take AARP? Do, do I get a senior discount? Sunny. Sunny. If, if that's the case, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have you come down to Fresno, and then I'm going to get Kevin on the side and say, hey, since, since Desmond's coming down to Fresno for the stick bet, Let's take him the Sizzler, and then me and you, like real men, could go to Ruth Chris wow. on our own time. That way, wow. you know, he's placated by the steak. Wow. Oh, God. I don't know. I'll take the Malibu chicken. It's all good. Some cheese toast? Oh, damn. Some cheese toast? Malibu chicken damn. cheese toast? Hell yeah. Anyway. All right. And also in news about the good old Spider-Man remaster on PC, this has brought out... You're modders, so you know. Then one benefit of having um, games on Steam is that modders can go crazy. So yeah, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered released last week, and modders have been working hard on it as we speak. So there's several mods that reshade the game on here uh, that offer a more cinematic style, overhaul the visuals with a noir mod. On here, uh, there's also a mod that disables the HUD and enemy outlines if you want to remove the interface to make it more in interactive or immersive, I should say, on here. But, you know, there's actually mods out there to replace Peter Parker himself on here. So you can bring in uh, Miles Morales instead on there. Uh, one modder cool. added Miles in his casual everyday streetwear. Um, another modder added Miles's usual blue and red suit, or changed the usual blue and red suit to Miles' classic black and red suit instead on here. Um, and then also, too, there's other modders that offered the, uh, that you could play as Peter Parker throughout the entirety of the game. You know, you could either have Peter Parker in his usual, like, you know, street clothes or have him donning his lab coat. Wow. Modders are crazy. Also, one modder has let you choose between Mary Jane, so you could be, uh, uh, you know, webbing along, throwing out your rope, roping along in, in New York with Mary Jane. You could play as the Kingpin. Um, of course. And uh, also as the Vulture on here. So. Wow. All of them have animations, but the mods are in beta, so there are hiccups if you use the uh, mods on there. And then another modder is working on a uh, Stan Lee mod, so you could play a Stan Lee in the game as Spider-Man on here. So, wow. You know what? Here. I mean, that's what people really want. They might be able to mod this stuff. Yeah. Um, I saw one mod, which is not in the article that I posted, but it's on Steam, and someone actually uh, switched Spider-Man to be uh, Uncle Ben's gravestone. You could play as Uncle Ben's gravestone. Wow. That's sad. It's funny as hell, though, but that's sad. I know, but also, too, there's another mod that allows a glow-in-the-dark suit, which looks kind of cool. And then there's another mod out there right now that you could modify the pigeons into rats, so you have a bunch of flying rats in the the game. So Why? Why? Because it's New York, you know. You've been in New York, you know. You know what? When I was in New York, I, I only saw one rat. And I think he was on his way home to feed his four infant children. So his infant turtle children. So I think that he, I don't think that he was a bad person. Maybe. I don't know. 
So it's just find it funny. So, you know, if you definitely want to dive into the uh, world of PC gaming, Des, and maybe fire up your PC, play some no. Spider-Man remaster and get some mods going. But uh, no, I'm good. What do you think of all this mod action, kid? I think it's cool. Um <clears throat> I think that's one of the the, the uh, what makes PC gaming attractive. Uh, I mean, it, you just have to. I know some of them. Uh, that's one thing. Reason, one thing I've been a little bit leery of is like I've heard that some mods just crash and oh, yeah. just continuously crash your game because it's not. They, we're not necessarily talking about uh, uh, good quality control necessarily i think that but i mean i know there's websites that rank mods as far as usability and you know not crashing your system and whatnot so yeah yeah i think it's cool i'm not really all that much in into mods it's like the only only mod i want to use is i want to get that uh uh, Jedi Cunningham game and just get the dismemberment mod and just mm. play and play that. That's really the only mod I've I've ever cared about. Oh, Maybe play a Star Killer. There's some uh, No More Heroes mods too, so I'm kind of curious to see what they bring to that table and see what uh, modifications they bring to that game, especially since uh, No More Heroes Three is coming out pretty soon on PC as well. So. Mm. Might be something to look at, you know, and listeners out there, if you mess with mods before, I feel like, you know, I know uh, we had prior listeners at the show do a lot of like uh, Fallout mods or, you know, Skyrim mods. And there's there's a ton of different stuff out there. So, you know, so you could be playing the same game for years and years, just in different flavors and <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, just uh, look at Skyrim. Yeah. It's like nuts. So. All right, next story is about a game we talked about, a story that we talked about a couple weeks, episodes ago, but it has to do with uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So the mm. remake uh, was kind of re- reported as being in, in a bad state from the developers mm. Aspire on here, and Embracer Group, the parent company, has confirmed that the uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has switched developers, so they have... Uh, obviously fired some of the um, existing people at Aspire working on the game and they uh, stopped working on the game and the future of the game was up in the air. But uh, obviously they don't want to leave that money on the table. And Mm -hmm. so they have moved over to um, developer Saber Interactive and they have taken over the development of the project in its entirety on there. So it's kind of sad because I know Aspire was kind of um looking to be a little bit more than a port house because you know aspire is kind of similar to uh companies like blue point games where uh or um nexus where all they do is a lot of ports of games from pc to console or from console to pc or so on and so forth and so they were definitely looking to step up their game and actually do a proper like remake versus a remaster or whatnot you know on here but uh, we'll have to see how things go with this project on there but you know they're being very upfront that you know at least they're not uh, you know kind of hiding the fact that it has moved developers on there so Embracer confirmed in the statement says one of the group's AAA projects has tr- transitioned to another studio within the group 
This was done to ensure the quality bar is where we need for it to be for this title. We're not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transition on here. So it was announced last September for PS5 and PC. Um, it had been in development for the last three years at um, Austin, Texas-based Aspire. And they originally planned to have it ready for release by the end of 2022. Well, you know, too mm. bad, so sad on that. So, uh -uh. according to Bloomberg uh, previous report, which we talked about here, um, Aspire fired the former design director and art director in July on here. So, this was after a um, a vertical slice of the demo was shown to Sony to see what progress was made in the game and. Uh, obviously, Sony and Lucasfilm basically decided to say that uh, it hadn't met their expectations and that obviously they're moving forward for it to be worked on in-house by Saber Interactive. So, And uh, the report now is basically that um, too much time and money was spent on the demo and that the release date's going to be pushed back to 2025. So. Ooh, 2025? I know. Oh man, 2025. So it's probably sorry. Been... For, sorry, all you people who are listening, I apologize, but just I thought it would at least be like next year. Yeah, or next because like if you see the thing that makes it crazy makes me crazy about this whole situation was if you're sitting there saying that it's gonna be fall 2022, yeah, and now you're saying another like two years. How far were they really then? Because uh, they must not have been that far if, if you're or, or they're starting from scratch because that's this is bananas. Mm -mm. This is this is scary. Like, this is sad to me. Like, oof. you know, I'm always been up with the mindset of uh, I think it's better that you announce a game later on and it's process person. Versus announcing it like right at the beginning. Oh, you know, we just started working on this IP or whatnot because sometimes things don't go off right. You know, it's like yeah. it's your Dead Island twos of the world. You know, yeah. where it's just stuck in infinite hiatus for years and years and years on that. So it just depends. This game know. must have been in sad shape. Yep, really sad shape. Like. To the point where you're all you might as well just make it a next gen title at that point. If you're if you're talking about 2025, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that's <laughs> like what was what was really going on? Yeah, well, that's just a kind of one guy guessing, according to the Bloomberg source, saying that more realistic window could be 2025. So. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, knows? I, I would hate the, for it to be next year and for it to be a crappy rushed port. You know exactly. When, you know, if they're going to remake this thing, remake it right and start from you know whatever base point you think from the original Bioware game, and then kind of work your way. If you really want to make this a new vision of Kotor for modern consoles and for PC, or I should say for PS5 and PC, you know do it right i mean this is the game that desmond like you know ditch worked and played for how many hours <laughs> shut up um <laughs> never beat it though i never beat it and that's kind of one of the reasons why i was excited for them to re to re-release it is getting like a a, a super the greatest port of that game or a, a re-release and everything and i was like seriously i was like 
you know, let's do this. But if this is if this is the problem and just I don't know, it just, it just makes me sad because I again I really like wanted to play it, but if this is what it's gonna be, I'll go ahead and play the other one. Um, the re-releases, you know, with the with, with the high upgrades and everything. Um, because I mean that the game is still great, even in even even in its um, state right now. I I still play it. You know, the, the game is fantastic. So I can't really fault. I, I can't really be mad at the game. Is what I'm saying. Like the game is still you know amazing. Yeah, so. you might want to think about maybe. Uh, did you buy it on Steam? I forgot if you bought. I think you might have bought it on Steam, right? No, I bought it on Steam. I have it on Steam. I have it. I have it on multiple. I have spent so much money on that game. Uh, it's terrible, but I love it. So, what you, knows? you know, we're talking about mods earlier. Maybe you could find a good mod or two for. Oh no, no, no! I've, I've, I've played it like the uh, a super the greatest, you know, version of it with like high res, up, up res, all kinds of stuff, and it's just. It's just a really good game. If you haven't played it, you know, you should definitely play it. Um, I actually I, might have a physical Xbox, original Xbox version somewhere. So. Uh, I do. I have one. So, I again, I have it as well. fantastic game. Really worth I, your time. I think what uh, in the limited run booth at uh, PAX West, they're supposed to have uh, a version of the game for the Switch at their booth. So. Yeah, they had um, uh, they had it at, um, at Comic-Con, too, so... Got yeah. Speaking to all those Star Wars nerds out there. But... Yeah. All right. And another news. Uh, next story is about good old Xbox Games Pass. So there's been a big hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. <laughs> hullabaloo um. back and forth. A lot of news outlets have been picking up all the back and forth between uh sony and microsoft's uh statements to the brazilian security uh commission on their asking for uh comments about the upcoming merger between microsoft and activision and so of course you know because game outlets are starved for news this is all coming from recetera they are translating these statements made for by both Sony and also by Microsoft and translating them from the original Portuguese <laughs> and translating them into English and coming up with all these zingers back and forth and flaming the console war that we talked about like in the main event on here. So so there was a lot of back and forth. Part of one of the statements that uh, Microsoft made uh, to the commission in response to Sony's statements about Call of Duty and all this and all that, which I think everyone has seen out there, that Call of Duty is like, you know, a, like a, a, a roller coaster and ready that can't be stopped. And that it's like, in a, like you know, it would har- harm the PlayStation platform if, if it was made exclusive <laughs> for Xbox and not allowed to be released on PlayStation. These are all statements from Sony in Brazil. Like Sony in Brazil really has anything to state about the state of the uh, gaming world. But hey, don't let me do that. But uh, basically to get to the meat of the story, um, it was stated that Sony had been blocking games onto going onto Games Pass that Sony has been, quote-unquote, money-hatting 
companies to keep games off of Games Pass. And one particular game uh, was mentioned, a recent release, um, uh, Cult of the Lamb on here, uh, which was published by Devolver Digital. It's developed by a company called Massive Monster. And of course, on you know, Kind of Funny's Xbox podcast, uh, screenwriter uh, Gary Witta, you know, writer of the book of Eli, amongst other movies, the solo and whatnot, um, claimed on the show that Sony had paid Cult of Lamb's developer Massive Monster to stop the indie hit from appearing on Xbox's service, that they actually paid cash money to withhold the fact that they didn't want to put Cult that they uh, paid them to not place Cult of the Lamb on their service. So so Devolver Digital has now rebuked Winna's statement, according to the Gamer website. The spokesman for the company said this is absolutely not true. The claim that Sony is blocking games from going on the Games Pass emerge in light of the merger, as we talked about. And so uh, they basically stated that Cult of the Lamb seems to be doing fine without it not being included in Microsoft's service on here. They rebuked what Gary Witta had said on there. Um, and Gary Witta, actually his statement says, somebody told me that part of the reason why Cult of the Lamb is not on Games Pass is Sony paid the developer not to put it on Games Pass. <laughs> it will then incentivize you not to do any additional subscriber deals with competing platforms. So, so you know. Sure. I, I don't know what to believe. I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I don't really these, care. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like, to me, okay. I, it, is Sony, even if they pay money for games to stay off of Games Pass, <laughs> is that necessarily wrong? I mean, I guess, I mean, there might be harming their competition, but business is business in the end. I mean, people have exclusivities. People have rights to put their games on Games Pass or not, depending on what their, you know, financial dealings with the particular game is. We talked about previously on this show about Oddworld Soulstorm, about, you know, the Lauren Lanning having lots of regrets in placing his game on PlayStation Plus for a particular month. But at the time, they needed the money. They needed the money to fund the game, and they figured since the install base for the PS5 wasn't that prevalent that people wouldn't download the game because of the fact that there's not a lot of consoles out there. But hey, guess what? People downloaded and queued it, you know, put in their uh, PSN account profile, you know, so. I, did, so I, I just didn't know what the, what the, sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. Just... No, nah, it's just, uh, go ahead. You know, no, I, I just I, I just don't, I just don't understand the. The, the rub. Yeah, it's like, like, I get it. Kinda, but then I don't get it. I don't know. This is this is what I was talking about earlier. When you have these, you know, as as others have called them, nonprofit workers getting paid in access. I mean, this dude is on one of the biggest Xbox podcasts <clears throat> that you that, you know, as far as subscribers goes. And he's basically doing the equivalent of what any Joe Schmo can do. Hey, I heard. Oh, I got this from an inside source. Oh, I think someone told me. They, them, you know, the shadow people told me that PlayStation is 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 money having to keep games off of Xbox Game Pass. 
Now, these are the same people that consistently tell us that Microsoft has more money than God, right? How is how what difference would it make? Yeah, I, I just don't see I just don't see how how them paying to keep this game off of the service is like wouldn't they just pay to have the game on their service? Wouldn't that make more sense? See, I, I just and again, like that's why I have to take this stuff with a grain of salt, though, because a smart businessman would say, "Okay, why don't you just?" pay to have it on your service then instead of paying to have it not be on someone else's service that that doesn't make any sense because then you're not making any money you're not making any money you're you're when you have a service yeah that could host this game just just as as your competition does yeah like but that's, uh, but that's, see that's exclusivity right there yeah like, it, you see it doesn't matter because i for whatever reason i have attached a certain something to my personal, you know, my personal identity that that I have to shill, I have to lie, I have to make shit up for my favorite platform. And that's basically what David would have did. I'm sorry. He, okay, great. He wrote Book of Eli, a wonderful movie. I thought it was great. But he but he lied. You know, could someone have told him, yeah, well, you know, they're they're uh their their money having to keep games off of Xbox Game Pass, it's possible, but isn't he supposed to be a quote unquote gaming journalist? Wouldn't he want to, you know, cross reference that rumor before he goes and starts talking about it on one of the biggest podcasts focusing on Xbox in the world? Mm. I would think you'd want to do that, if nothing more than for the sake of the journalistic integrity of your employer you know no, they're mostly they're mostly freelance anyway now so he's just he's just running off his own his own um his own uh his own integrity like his own fame about it i guess fame yeah. is wrong his own his own his own kind of name and recognition yeah but don't know. lie on my don't lie on my platform bro do not lie on my platform it's like I'm sure, you know, Greg and whomever else has put a lot of time, money, and effort into building kind of funny to what it is. Don't if if it were me, I'd be like, dude, don't don't lie on my platform. Appreciate you being here, but you ain't gotta lie, Craig. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know so. on the show he made a mention and says that um Explain some potential reason behind Sony's alleged interference. If you got to make a choice between paying $70 for a game on PlayStation or getting it essentially for free as part of a Game Pass subscription you already paid for, no brainer. But, you know, he basically says that uh, Sony is allegedly trying to attract players by devalu devaluing Games Pass versus uh, making PlayStation Plus better. And that's what his beef is. And, you know, to me, it's all it's a, a waste of, of money, though. It's a bunch of bullshit mm -hmm. because who knows what's written in these contracts and, and what's really uh, happening behind the curtain on here. Nobody I'm not privy knows. to it. No, I'm not privy to the, the verbiage. And, you know, you could say so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. But in the end, I don't give a shit because I have both services. I don't care, <laughs> you know. But it's just but it's just a waste of money to do that, though. 
you know, why yeah. spend money to keep something off of someone else's platform when you can just spend the money and make it an exclusive? Yeah. Like if you're that or... worried, if you're that worried that the that 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 whatever the other person has, then you take that and you make it exclusive. That way you can make money. Like keeping something off someone else's platform just doesn't seem to make sense to me. But again, I am not a journalist. I am not a. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I just, I, I don't know. So it's not. I, I, I don't know. So I can't really say much of anything about it. I guess. But. And your and your Big Daddy Warbucks Microsoft sounds kind of fishy. Just to outbid me. them. You know, if it means that much to you, just outbid them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's Good. why it's I mean, like. Yeah, and then again, and then yeah, like if 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 you are wanting it to be there, well then just outbid him. You know, like like Kevin was saying, just just outbid it. So you know? I, I don't know that that it's it. This is just where mod the modern gaming has come with regards to. The you know it, it's that influencer effect. That's yeah. what this is. It's the influencer effect. I I'd rather talk about an artistic merit of a game or talk about the games themselves versus you know the legality of a contract to say okay you you're on this platform or this is exclusive to my platform. I don't you know I don't understand why people get off on that stuff. You know it's like I, I guess. I hate to say it, but I'm on like a, another podcast. Uh, a lot of times we talk about getting gets and uh, about, you know, this game's on Games Pass, but I don't personally care for it. But this is good for Microsoft. And it's like, come on, man. I well, just, I just don't. It is, though. I mean, I, I, yeah. I can't. Like, it is. It is because it strengthens the brand. However, yeah. <laughs> however. What does it do for you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, they're gonna get it's... super excited. Oh man, they got this great game! You know, like, I agree. are you excited because you're gonna play? Or are you excited because it's on your service of preference of choice? It's, you know, it's because it's, like... it's on the service. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, like anything that strengthens your brand is is pretty cool. Like, that's good. Like, do do that. But but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, like, see, that's the thing. People are so worried about what the other person is doing. It's like if they were just to stick on their own stuff and do it their own thing. Things would be fantastic, you know? Yeah. Things would be okay. But no, you know? So that's why I don't understand why Sony would do this, you know? And if they are doing that, that's a waste of money. And if I was a Sony investor, I'd be like, look, you are spending way too much money to try to stop someone else from someone else from having something or adding value to that. Well, why are we adding value to, to, to our service? Why are we adding value yeah. to our stuff? And if you think that this game, this this... This, you know, cult of the lamb game is going to be like hot shit. Well, then bring it over to ours. Make that, you know, make that uh, something for 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 our our, you know, platform. You know, that's what they should be doing. That's smart business. You know, for me anyway, that's what I'd be looking at. And if you're not doing that, see, that's that's it's just. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Sorry, that's 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 just what's on my mind about this whole situation. You know, it's like if we're really fighting over over, you know, access and, and stuff like this. Well, then that's not stopping someone else's is not the way to do it, in my opinion. It just does not make any sense to me. So, but whatever. 
<laughs> sorry to get a little, you know, a little much on yeah. that. But, yeah, it's, but it's, it's just, just you're just trying to figure out why would someone pay someone to withhold a game off a of service? They're better off, like you stated, to actually say, okay, bring this game on to my platform versus don't bring this game on this platform. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's like yeah, it's like it's like why do that? That's so that is a waste it, of it, resources. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know paying Jim Lee to uh, you know not write a uh, book for Marvel or something. Yeah, or... and it's like it'd be different. <laughs> well, it, it would be different if 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 you know Sony had no money or 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 if Sony didn't have access to that game. You know that would be different. Now you are stopping your competitor from from having access to something that you don't have. That's different. But if but if everything's equal, which it generally is, if everything's equal and you all have equal access to this game, it would make more sense to just put it on your own system. Like that that that's my thought about the whole situation. But again, you know, the developer of Cult of the Lamb obviously didn't want I'm sure they Uncle Phil, Warbucks Phil gave him an offer. And he said, no, thanks. I can make more than that just selling directly to on the store, yep. to the customer on the store. And Probably. he has. And I'm sure the amount of money that Phil was willing to pay him for Cult of the Lamb, he said, I'll make more than that just selling it direct. So mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. And it's yep. turning out to be a big success. So whether it's Game Pass, whether it's PlayStation Plus, he's like, I'll make more money just selling the game. Yeah, and he has. And he has. <laughs> and he has. So that's that's another thing. It's just like, which that's... makes David Witt's comment all the more asinine. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You know, like why? I don't know. All right. Well, if you guys have any opinions out there, definitely let us know. We'll talk about this further. I know it's a big to do to go back and forth about this and services so on and so forth i just want every service to be good for its player base and to have stuff to play you know way <laughs> well that way the, the consumer wins then if that's the case yeah you know sure all right and then the last news story i'll we'll talk about for this episode is uh there was a recent uh showcase from thq nordic on there and they unveiled some new stuff on here so we'll kind of just cover briefly as far as what was shown on here uh i think the biggest game as far as shown out of the titles that were announced here was a uh, reimagining of the classic alone in the dark uh, which was a classic horror series back in the day which you know i've played before myself but this is being in, uh, developed by thq swedish studio pieces interactive on here, there's a third-person single-player horror game that's been in development for four years. So uh, they've been working on this for a while on here. And uh, they got the guy that directed uh, Soma in Amnesia to direct the game and write the game. And there's some monster game, uh, monster designs in the game by a noted uh, designer, Guy Davis, who has worked on Pacific Rim and Evolve previously. And Pacific Rim being the movie, of course, the movie series quite awesome so but uh you know i'm not a big horror fan but nope. uh, <laughs> like more power to you folks if you like horror but that is not my jam nope <laughs> i do not any like thoughts on, did you check this out kevin i wasn't sure if you had a chance to check the trailer out or not so. no i didn't i didn't um 
I know Alone in the Dark is considered like the 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 forerunner uh, of Resident Evil. And yeah. That Resident Evil took a lot of uh, uh, direction from Alone in the Dark. I remember playing it on uh, what, what kind of computer did Damon have? He had like a was was it a Commodore of some sort? It, it it was on it was on a floppy disk. That much I remember. I don't recall. But <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it originally it, came out in 1992. Back back in the day, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, y'all so, ain't old. Yeah, I remember I remember playing it uh, or watching him play because it was there was a whole lot of inventory management that you had to do, uh, which really kind of kills guy. I just wanted to run around and shoot monsters and all this. I just watched him play. But uh, yeah, so I'll have to I'll have to check it out. I'll see how how what what this update looks like. Well, not update, but uh, remake looks like. Yeah, because it's like almost the second remake. Because there was a couple remakes that came out, like Alone in the Dark on 360 and PS3 was actually a remake that was brought out by Atari at the time, and Infograms on there, and so they wound up selling the rights to. Uh, THQ Nordic back in 2018 on there. So we'll have to see how this kind of shakes out and kind of goes from there. Um, also, not going to cover everything uh, that was shown because there's some kind of oddball games like RTS games that, you know, we don't have anything, a point of reference to even talk about here. But uh, Meh. Three Fields Entertainment, the team uh, that previously um, developed the original Burnout and Need for Speed uh, on here, also brought out that dangerous driving game, which was kind of underfunded. That, you know, it kind of felt was kind of, it was okay. I was hoping for it to kind of be back to original Burnout, but uh, they have their next game called uh, Recreation on here and um that's coming out next year and i'm just hoping for the best i'm hoping that it plays well did you get a chance to check out this trailer kev no i did not see any of the thq stuff or you didn't see anything okay mm, unfortunately well, it, no. it, it brings a lot like uh burnout elements but you're able to actually create your own um fields and loop-de-loops and all this other stuff so it's kind of interesting in that aspect so to be completely honest, um, I think I, I I think character uh, sorry like uh, like um, track creators and stuff like that are really kind of fun and interesting, but I just don't think that I have the ability to make anyone that 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 looks good. So so that's why I'm always kind of like you know oh that's cool that they have it, but sometimes that technology is kind of lost on me because I just am a poop. Like I just can't make really good tracks and stuff. So I'm more there to to download the user oh, created yeah. content. That's my thing. So Yeah. Like give me give me some user created content that I can seek my teeth into and I'm down. But you know, other than that, I am terrible at it. You'll I'll make the worst track ever. <laughs> I yeah, mean so that's all well and good, but I wanna play the creators courses. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here to play what your vision for your game that that's my primary reason to be here you know getting access to user created content is all fine and dandy as as long as that's you know secondary or tertiary i want to see what you guys came up with for this mm-hmm. game first and foremost that. 
Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah, according to the thing about the game, they talk about the mixing. And so in your mix world is what they call it. You're the game DJ. <laughs> huh. You have the power to create and control the gameplay. It could be simple as creating a quick individual race, the next intersection, or a team stunt event where catching the most air and landing the first barrel roll will help your team take the win on here. But you could grant like a guest DJ to other um, players that are playing in your game world on here. Um, you're also able to modify your car to your heart's content, including you know, coloring, uh, finishes wheels, uh, adding flames, engine sounds, all that. They're leaving it all up to you and also to go ahead and create your own course as well. So placing jumps, loops, stunt ramps, half and full pipes, meetup points, moving obstacles on there. So kind of you know, looking at this, it kind of reminds me of that whole Burnout Paradise like multiplayer mode, just kind of even more rift up uh, they have also to uh, music that you could uh, you know select from 16 different stations on there um, and then also to the mix up the day weather and traffic in the world and place billboards on there as well so so it, it, this could either be really cool or maybe just kind of fizzle out and i'm hoping it doesn't fizzle out so who knows also announced was a remake of a noted German RPG, Gothic, on here. So that... Yeah! Okay. So I don't know why, but so that was an old, if I remember correctly, that's an old Piranha Bytes game. And, Correct. And it's like Euro jank as hell. And, uh, <laughs> and so you... Uh, so I watched some of the um so this game was 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 uh they they bought the IP about 2 years ago, 2 or 3 years ago and they started they did a proof of concept on this game and they released it out. And so a lot of the guys that I watch um on YouTube came through and did, you know, some some playthroughs on it and I like I am very surprised at the amount of love that this uh, that this uh, series has. Number one, like it's people are just like this is a uh, a fan favorite. It's loved by many, and and people were like super excited, you know, to to see it coming, uh, see to, to hopefully to see it coming back. And so I was watching it and. Whew, um, I really hope that that they have fixed a lot of this stuff. Again, this was just a proof of concept. It was the first uh, it was like the first opening era area of the game. And it I, I, it had a lot of Elix vibe to it. And that's only because that's just kind of how it it was at the beginning. And um I don't know if that's what they're going to be keeping it at or whatnot, but I don't know. I am. I I want. I want to kind of play it. Like I want. I want, I want to, to kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to believe that this will be a good game. Granted, it is a complete remake of the game, so um, so this it will be different than than what it was you know before so um i'm hopeful that they were able to 
fix or or unjankify it a little bit. That way, it is not a, a complete and utter, you know, just horrific time. I mean, the game looked good. Um, the sorry, the the remake version of it looked looked kind of good. So, I don't know. Part of me is kind of excited for it because I played Gothic three and Gothic. I played Gothic three. Uh, never played the first two Gothics, so I don't really know what to expect. But, but I did play. Um, I did play those. So part of me is like, you know, hopefully it'll be good and it won't be, you know, horrible. But, but I don't know. That's that's just a long way to say that that part of me is kind of excited for it. Another part of me is is very very cautious because I don't know what to expect from it. Yeah, the original came out in two thousand one, and there's still reviews on Steam. There's a ways to play it. So yeah, so they said it's very brutal game. Yeah, yeah. It was like one of the one of like the OG kind of like, you know, you got to know what you're doing because if you don't, you will get killed. So 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 part of me is kind of like I want to try it. Like I want to try it and you know, if they're able to again, if they're able to de-jankify de- it, maybe it'll be good. You know, I don't I don't really know. So and it's hopefully. coming out for uh, PC, PS5 and Series X and S. So let's see that but yeah there's also a new spongebob game which we won't talk about it's by the developers of battle for bikini bottom it's coming out it's called the cosmic shake i'm cool and then there's also an aew game coming out from ukes in thq which uh, might be fun you know it's always good to get a good uh, wrestling game (laughs) in the mix that's not wc or wwe at least on there so i'll let you guys play with that and then of course uh destroy all humans 2 reprobe is coming out pretty soon i was excited out. for that too yeah. you know i i got the first one uh the first remake and and i really enjoyed it um so i definitely will well i'll definitely i'll most likely get this one as well so um because i actually liked uh the remake i never played those games when they first came out so i have no um huge frame of reference for it so i definitely will 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 be trying it so so i like again i I like the remake i thought i thought the remake was fun i'll have to play it some more uh you know it's uh you could get it for cheap if you're interested for sure i think it might be on some services as well so yeah i I bought it when it came out it it came out for like really cheap so when i came out i think it was like 40 bucks when it came out so yeah so i went ahead and so i went ahead and bought it and just you know ran through it so it's fun. It's like again, it's it's one of those classic, you know, one of those classic games that that you just kind of I don't know, you just kind of played it and you know laughed at how crazy the main guy was and you know you're pro people, so it did not take itself very seriously. <laughs> so um, that's all the jabroni news for this episode. So you know Ready? we have more uh, gamescom stuff coming up next episode we'll definitely talk about uh you know maybe some saints rose impressions too on next episode both me and desmond uh, decided to you know give the game a shot so we'll have to see if volition come through right now the reviews don't look too kindly but we no it is being posted right now we're gonna make our own opinion and take it from there so yeah 
All right, that sounds good. I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think of that game. So game nights take place every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Always, folks, we invite you to join us on our game nights. You're also welcome to post whatever games you're interested in playing on our game nights channel on Discord. Let us know what you want to play. If we don't have it, we'll get it, and we'll be more than happy to share some game time with folks who enjoy our show and what we do. So definitely want to put that out front and center. And again, thank you for those who participate in our main events. As I always say, if it wasn't for you guys who who, uh, respond to our main events, both on Twitter and on Discord, we'd just be three old men just yapping into the internet ether. I guess that would be two old men and one uh, young buck. Young buck. <laughs> no, I'm not young. Yeah. I'm not young. I am. I am moderately, uh, moderately old. I'll put it like that. What you talking about, Desmond? <laughs> so special thank yous go out to Will D, Irish Joe 13, and John BT and Crucial Chase. So. Thank you, thank you all for participating in our main events. Uh, I'm glad to have you guys on aboard as Gaming Vessels listeners. So, to, if you dig what we're doing and you want to contact our show, send us an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email you want to use if you've heard something that you want to respond to. If you even you yourself would like to be on our show to get your opinion on the wonderful world of gaming out to our listeners. You're going to want to send feedback to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter, where you will also find the link to our Discord server. Our Twitter page is at gamingvessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Our Discord is a great place just to rap about games. with like-minded people. When I say like-minded, it does not mean like-minded in opinion. It means like-minded as in we like talking about games and uh, the gaming industry. And uh, you will not, you'll always get respected. You will never get disrespected. There's none of the toxic nonsense that takes place on uh, other larger, more mainstream uh, social media platforms. So if you just want to talk about games, but you could live without the personal attacks. We enjoy, I would like to uh, encourage you to check out our Discord channel. Individually, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at Shonuff71. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am Shonuff7. Same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox, I am Shonuff071, same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam, I'm Shonuff71, same spelling as originally, and my Switch friend code is 76582155-3309. So, Dez, where can folks get a hold of you at, bro? All right, y'all can find me on Twitter at the Nemo Six. That's T H E N E M O S I X, and you can find me on PSN, Steam, and Xbox Live at Nemo Tigger. That's N E M O T G G R. 
And my Nintendo friend code is 52806674 Serge Abroni, where can folks find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me on Twitter posting under the handle Jabroni Chief, J A B R O N I C H I E F. I'm also on PSN and Steam under the same handle, Xbox Jabroni Chief 374. Nintendo friend code 47125931409. All right, folks, thank you for rocking out with us. This is going to bring episode 181 to a close. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High-Res Hater, a.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy, as well as for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as the Food Max of Gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar, I'm Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling for your PS4 coming soon, y'all. <laughs> next week. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next time, episode 182 for you. Peace.